Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Hour number two of a numbers game at VSIN, the sports betting network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Fubo Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. It's all brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. Jeff, I want to read this tweet. This is from uh, the Real Brick One BR, who is a uh, who's from Philly. And he says, I respectfully disagree on the Sixers take. They got exactly what they wanted in the number four seed. Wanted the heat in round two. If they can't beat Toronto with home court, then none of it matters anyway. This was always about round two and the draw there. Um, yeah, we res- we respectfully disagree. Because even even hearing that real brick one, I, my thing is this. That, that sounds like... <laughs> That sounds so illogical to me that they would be like, well, let's risk the farm in round one just so we can get to this round two matchup with the Heat. Which, by the way, I don't I don't know that I even agree with that premise uh, about that they would want to play the Heat. Uh, the Doc Rivers versus Eric Spolstra matchup uh, doesn't seem very uh, beneficial to the Sixers. Actually, I don't know what Doc Rivers versus who is beneficial. Like, I mean, I don't even know where there is a matchup. But do you agree with the fact that they would even want the Heat? I don't know that I even agree with that premise. It's one of those where you're kind of screwed regardless who you face in the second round if you're them. Yeah. I, I, Boston, I think, would have matched, they would have matched up the best against Boston. Yeah. But again, I think Brooklyn's knocking Boston out. The, the thing about it is you, you can sit there and say, well, they wanted to, this way, they don't have to play two of the three. Let's, let's go with this, right? Because I want to, I want to give respect to the, to the, uh, to the standpoint. Let's say you go with it. Well, this way they don't have to play two of the three Miami, Milwaukee, or Boston, right? Let's say Real Brick One phrased it that way. 
okay, but you're still and the JVT the JVT thing that he said before this before the break, it's worse than I thought it was losing Tybal. Like he put he quantified it for us. It is horrific when they don't have Tybal in the lineup. So essentially, what that series comes down to, we talked about this off air a little bit, Jeff. If the Sixers come out and lose Game One, oh my God! You just you just gave people just want to know. Jeff just gave the Dick Clark salute. So salute. See you later. That's a six-game Toronto win. Because you are so behind the eight ball in those games in Toronto, it's it's going to be fascinating. I it's a, it's a good discussion to have, but I just think they played it completely poorly. Um, just my opinion, though. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, he is the glue that holds the whole operation together. He is uh, equally adept at talking about any sport on earth as he is any musical element on earth or any musical genre. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Wes Reynolds. How you doing, Wes? Good morning, Gil. How are you? I'm good. You are, of course, the co-host of Long Shots as well. I am going to guess that you had some Scheffler in your portfolio, as they say. Yes? I, I actually did not. Oh! I, t- I took a pass on him this week. Uh, once he got to, like, 14 or 16 to 1, I felt like, yeah, it might be a little bit unplayable because that's the hard thing about like betting Masters futures more than any other major is that you have these up at the bare minimum for four months and sometimes even six months. So it's like, okay, Scotty Scheffler starts calendar year 2022 at about 40 to one. And that's when you want to grab like some of these guys, you know, when you're having all these tournaments that lead up into the Masters, that's when you want to time it right. So like the two guys in the final pairing yesterday, Scotty Scheffler and Cameron Smith, you could have gotten them at 40 to one to start 2022. So it's like when you see them at 14 or 16, it's like, am I too late to the party here? And that's what kind of got me off Scheffler. So I don't regret not betting him. I regret not getting him earlier in the season. I only got one piece, and that was at Phoenix when he won at 28 to 1. Unfortunately, I didn't really stick with him. But, uh, you know, had some different guys up there, had Rory, had Lowry. So got some placings and got some money out of it, but didn't score with Scheffler. And all of that is true about, you know, you didn't get the better price. Unless you believe, unless you have, have, you've, have sort of gotten to the point, as I think I have, and as I expressed earlier on this show, where I think Scotty Scheffler's a little different. I think I I think I am seeing someone who's a little different than the, you know, when they're on their A game, they're great, but you don't often see their A game group of DJ and Kepka uh, and Rory that that ilk where it's like, oh yeah, like wildly talented, unbelievably great when they're sharp, but we just don't see it enough to be confident. I just get this sense with Scheffler that we're seeing a guy who is just so steady. Now, is he going to win every tournament? Of course not. But are you not like, are you not going to have a bet on him moving forward in, in at the PGA? Like, so now it's 12 to one, right? At the PGA. Mm-hmm. Can, can you, again, and it gets down to the point. It was like, well, you could have had 16 to one earlier this week. I don't think I can go in that tournament without having a piece of him. Yeah, you're probably right, at least for Southern Hills, which is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's where the PGA is going to be next month, about uh, five weeks away. And he lists that as his favorite course. So you might have to have at least something on him from that standpoint. But the point that you make about Scheffler, I kind of want to expand it onto some other players. 
What we are now seeing, Gil, in light of the fact that we did see Tiger Woods play four rounds at Augusta National this weekend, the most dominant player certainly that we have seen in our lifetime, we're not, I don't, you know, I, I don't want to say never that we're never going to get that again because there might be some little 10 year old prodigy mm-hmm. that's going to dominate the world in 15 years in this game and we just don't know about him. But I think what you're seeing in the game of golf, you're seeing these like what I would call short term dominance where you're going to get a guy that's just on one for six months or a year or maybe even to two years. But it it never really seems to last, Gil. Like we saw Brooks Kepka in 2017 won two and three majors. Jordan Spieth won three majors in two years. Colin Marikawa has very quickly won two majors. Rory McIlroy's five majors all came in a three-year span from 2012 to 2014. Uh, John Rahm last year looked like he was going to be the dominant player when he waylaid the field at the Memorial and then had to withdraw on the 18th green on Saturday because he tested positive for COVID-19 and then two weeks later goes and wins the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. So maybe Scheffler is kind of part of that group where it's like, He's going to continue to play well. It might be for the next six months. It might be for the next year. But you just don't get that long-term dominance in this game right now because there's so many good players out there. Well, that's that's for sure. Like I can't disagree with any of that. That's for sure. I mean, it, it is it is so much more competitive, right? When, when uh, as opposed to Tiger being just leaps and bounds ahead of the field. Um, but I want to I want to seize on one of the guys you mentioned there. So John Rahm. Uh, who, until Scheffler unseated him, was the number one player in the world. Are you starting to feel a little differently about John Rahm? Like, has the has the shine come off him a little for you? You know, perhaps in terms of if he was going to emerge as, like, the next dominant player. But I, you still look at some of the odds that have been put out this morning for the PGA Championship, and he's still the co-favorite mm-hmm. with Scotty Scheffler. So they, the market... Has not, or at least the bookmakers have not dropped John Rahm necessarily from that top perch. Now he has company with with Scotty Scheffler, but I don't think that you know his window necessarily is closed. I just don't think that he's going to look like the dominant player that he did last summer. I'll tell you what the the comparison in my head that I'm 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 getting comfortable with because let's say. Let's say you don't agree, not you, but just anyone listening doesn't agree with my my sort of take on Scheffler specifically. I used to have Jeff Coliandro come on here Fridays, and he would talk about NASCAR, right? And no matter what track it was, uh, obviously golf course is different than, than racetracks, but just bear with me here. It was a group of about five or six drivers, right, every week that it was, you know, and pick your driver, right? Whether it was Truex Jr., or I don't even remember the other ones, but, but it was the same group of Harvick, right? It was the same group of five or six that had a shot at winning all of them. And I'm starting to feel that we're getting into an era of golf like that, right? And I'm talking about every tournament, right? Because there's obviously different fields. But if we're talking about the big tournaments, it feels like it is this group of guys that now is more similar to NASCAR and how we used to discuss that than it is anything else. And by the way, I would include in that group Zalatoris and Cam Smith. Like it just feels like we're going to have guys lurking the leaderboard time in and time time out now moving forward here, at least in the short term. Well, and what you see right now, you know, when some guys move up, some guys move down. 
And one guy you've seen move down a lot in like the world golf rankings is Bryson DeChambeau. He was the number five player in the world yeah. to end 2021. And now he's barely hanging on in the top 20. So you see these guys that get these injuries and they drop, you know, whether it's DeChambeau or Kepka, even though Kepka says he's healthy now. So there's always somebody to kind of emerge now into that top 10. You mentioned Cameron Smith, uh, Victor Hovland, although he, he really has to get that game around the green in shape or, or, or he's not going to win as much as he should. But we've seen a couple others, Sam Burns, now kind of on the periphery of the top 10. And then you see these guys that kind of stay in place, like Xander Shoffley, still yet to win a major. Patrick Cantlay was very disappointing this week. He's still in the top five. So, yeah, every time you have some guys drop down a little bit, you've got guys to take their place. Does Shoffley, does Xander Shoffley, is he... Because he can't get the win, right? Uh, Matt Brown on Primetime Action calls it win equity, right? Because he just hasn't gotten it, does that does that keep you away from it, or you just, or you do not subscribe to that? Like again, as Felica said earlier, you know, Scheffler didn't win until he did, and then he win four in fifty seven days. Right. Right? Same thing with Tiger. Like it, it's it's a hard thing to get the brain past that, but but you kind of have to as a better. Yeah, you do. And, and I mean, look, I think Shoffley is still bettable, but you just can't bet him at these prices he's being offered yeah. at 20 to 1. You know, you need him in like the 30 range. And that's what it is, Gil. It's a market. It's like when Rory McElroy or one of the really, I think, still true elite players in the game, McElroy, Thomas, or a ROM. If those guys ever cross that like 20 to 1 threshold, that's the only reason I had anything on Rory this week because it's like at over 20 to 1, I got to grab him and uh, made a hell of a run at it yesterday. Yeah. Uh, let's hang out. Let's talk some more. I want to get your thoughts on UFC 273 this weekend. Uh, what bets you do have on future uh, golf tournaments. Maybe you do, maybe you don't on the PGA. Wes Reynolds, ladies and gentlemen, right here on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get to Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Oh, JLo and Ben are engaged again. Oh, oh those kids. What could go wrong? Skill Alexander. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. I wish them all the best. Wes Reynolds is here, everybody. Wes, set a line on it. What do you think? A year in. Uh, still together? Give me a line. Yes, no. For Benefer? Yeah. Benefer 2.0. Uh, I'm going to give Benefer three years. Three? All right. Three years. All right. So it's a pretty, pretty hefty line on the yes after a year. I like it. Uh, you, before we get to UFC 273, uh, any bets, any futures? I know, obviously, we have a full year, you know, not a full year, but a full offseason, a full winter to make Masters wagers. Do you have anything on the PGA yet? Uh, I did grab pretty much all of the Cameron Smith that I could grab for the last three majors of the year. And I, I know my partner Dave Ross on Betting Across America on the weekends was like, is this going to be because of the scar tissue that Cameron Smith earned here in the Masters where, you know, flushed it in the drink on Ray's Creek? I guess he yeah, didn't say amen at the corner, if you will. So uh, <laughs> drops some strokes and didn't get it home. Is this going to be like a Francesco Molinari situation in 2019 where he's never been the same player? I don't think so. I still think Cameron Smith is very much going to be a factor. I tried to grab as much of the prices that I could. Uh, uh, there was a certain book. Uh, I can't, uh, unfortunately, I can't bet there, but some that can rhymes with uh, raft wings mm-hmm. that will have a 40 to one out there on Cameron Smith and had 40 to one pretty much for the rest of the majors. Best I found in town was just a little less than 30 to one. So I tried to grab at least get a position on any Cameron Smith that I could. I was just picturing a raft with wings on it, Wes, just for a second. There. Yes. Um, yes. 
And last thing here, Scotty Scheffler, what price would you need to bet Scotty Scheffler to win the Grand Slam? What number would that have to be? Ooh, golly. Uh, well, I, got a, I got a golly <laughs> out of not, you. Wow. That's that's kind of, Well, that's kind of tough to set because I'm looking at the prices that they have put out this morning, and he is now the uh, the co-favorite with John Rahm at the PGA, so that's 12 to 1. I would probably need... Close to 100 to 1. Okay. All right. It's fun to talk about. Uh, UFC 273. First of all, um, Burns and uh, the the Burns fight. Where does that rank in your all-timers? In terms of all-timers, I don't know. I think it's certainly the fight of the year in 2022. And uh, look... That's, it was kind of go time for Chemayev. This was a step up in competition, and sometimes you see that in the UFC where it's like, okay, you get a hot prospect who's got a ton of potential like Chemayev does, uh, Russian-born, Sweden-based right now is Chemayev, and this was referendum time. So you put him in against a real contender like Gilbert Burns, second-rate contender, recently challenged for the title. And Chemayev got a good fight. That was he's never been threatened in ten fights, and then has only been uh, had never been past seven minutes actually in a fight. And Gilbert Burns took him to the end, but Chemayev, you know, showed some heart and ended up winning the decision. And I thought it was the right decision, twenty nine twenty eight. So sometimes you got to test that prospect. You know, you always want to protect prospects. I think Gil uh, going forward because you want to draw money or you think they could be a future champion, but eventually you got to throw them, throw them in the lion's den, so to speak. And Shemayev came out a survivor on Saturday. Were you bothered by the Duran Torres decision? Not really. I thought it was kind of a coin flip. I did bet Mackenzie Duran. I thought, it was a pretty close fight. Uh, really not a lot of action. Derna, Derna did get her in a couple submission positions, and that's really her game is taking you down and, you know, a BJJ black belt and trying to get it going. But I, I thought it was probably the right decision. Now, if it would have went to Torres, I couldn't really have any complaints about it. All right. And any other takeaways, Sterling Yan? Well, uh, I'll go up to uh, Sterling uh, Yan here because that was – it was kind of a wild fight to watch, Gil, because the fight was being held in Jacksonville, Florida this weekend, and who was getting cheered was the Russian fighter, Peter Yan. Uh, not exactly saying Mr. Yan is a pawn of Vladimir Putin or something, <laughs> but nevertheless, what are you saying, it, was kind of, yes. it was kind of a little bit shocking to see Sterling get so many boos uh, in that crowd, the, the American fighter, but what a performance there for Aljamain Sterling, who did win by that disqualification when Peter Yan hit him with the knee to a grounded opponent. That's a DQ. That was about 13 months ago. But, you know, Sterling uh, was a big underdog, too. And you kind of had a feeling in terms of these main three fights, two title fights and then plus the Chemayev fight, that there was going to be a parlay buster. But it's like, okay, which favorite's going to get beat here? It, it's, is it going to be Volkanovski or is it going to be Jan? It ended up being Jan. And then uh, Alexander Volkanovski, he just does not have a peer right now in the featherweight division. Volkanovski's won one, lost one fight in his career. That was May of 2013. So this is now a nine-year 
undefeated run that this guy Alexander Volkanovsky is on and he was in the fight of the year last year with uh, Brian T. City Ortega. Korean Zombie just had nothing for him and, and I didn't think that he would. This was almost kind of a workout in the main event spot here. Just had nothing for Volkanovsky. Although the theme music that fight won because Korean Zombie came out to Zombie by the Cranberries and then Volkanovsky <laughs> comes out to Down Under from Men at Work. So clever, and I knew you would pick up on every nuance of that. Uh, all right, uh, rapid fire, then UFC, baseball, football. Fight you're most looking forward to or fight you most want to see made, UFC? Oh, uh, probably, you know, I, I want to see, uh, you know, obviously if John Jones is ever going to get back in the cage yeah. again because I still think that, that he is a draw. But honestly, Gil, there's like so many fight cards like I don't feel like they build enough because they have a fight like every single week it's either a pay-per-view or it's a fight night at the apex or somewhere else so you know that I mean in Ganu uh, who he he's gonna fight next at heavyweight if John Jones maybe finally moves up to heavyweight that could be a very interesting fight. Uh, and then, you know, who can get in the way of Kamaro Usman, who I think might be the most dominant champion in UFC. John Jones, what could have been. Uh, all right, have you made any NFL draft bets? We're a little more than two weeks out now. Uh, I took a shot on one prop. I took a shot on the Kayvon Thibodeau over five and a half, and I know that there's a risk that Houston and Lovey Smith, who loves pass rushers, may take him at number three, but... I think that this guy could potentially be the dropper because if you think Hutchinson is going number one and the kid from Georgia might go to, does a team maybe get desperate to trade up into that top five for a quarterback? Somebody gets desperate for a Malik Willis and that can throw the whole thing off. So that's uh, that's the only one I bet so far as I did bet Thibodeau over five and a half. Okay. I, uh, I only have one so far, which was the plus 280 on Derek Stingley being the first cornerback taken. Sauce Gardner, mm -hmm. obviously the huge favorite there. I think I'm adding one after the show, which I will talk about after the break here. Uh, and then baseball. Have you bet any baseball here in the early going? Do you have any plays today? Uh, sparingly, Gil. I kind of, you know, go through the card. What I like to do with baseball, obviously, because I, you know, it is more of a, a metrics type of sport. I like to see these teams at least get through the rotation twice. Mm -hmm. And sometimes even three times. Because then you get data. I think you you, know, you get the XBIP and the ERA and you get the batting average balls in play so you can kind of handicap the positive or negative regression candidates. So what I've been doing a little bit is just going a, a, a little off market here and maybe trying to play against some of the teams that have really high expectations going in and then maybe see some value on some of these teams that eventually water's going to find its level and they're going to be what we thought they were near the bottom of the division. So, you know, I've been playing teams that have low expectations like the Reds. They got two of four down in Atlanta. So that's really the first two weeks, the way I handicap baseball is to do that. And then once we get some numbers, because baseball is a, a numbers game, coincidentally enough, hey. uh, that's when you go in and you can really kind of look at the regression. If there's a difference with a pitcher like that has a 2.5 ERA, but the XFIP's over five, then you know that that pitcher is fade material going forward, at least in the short term. Yeah, I'm, it's curious to me because we'll talk with Paul Spore a little later about like the overreactions, but also like 
Is there anything noteworthy here, perhaps, that we can react to in the first week? We'll do that here coming up on the show. Have you seen this development? This has nothing to do with sports betting, but have you seen this development in our last minute here, Wes, where they're they're talking to players during the game itself? We saw this a little in in spring training a couple years ago with Mookie Betts in the outfield. Then remember, like, a liner was hit, and he was, like, huffing and puffing on, on the live mic. We saw it here with uh, both Kike Hernandez and with Joey Votto. Have you seen this at all? It feels like a like a huge boost that baseball needs. So far, so good on this. Yeah, I get that they want to make it more personable, or you know, and get people inside the game. I'm a little bit in the middle on it because for the NCAA tournament, when they did that with the coaches, I absolutely hated it. Yeah, I don't like these coaches, you know, having to be out of a huddle and do an interview during the game. It's one thing at the half or coming back out for the second half, but. I just, you know, it's like a reporter, like with these old school coaches, they'd be like, get the hell out of my huddle. Yeah. I don't want to talk to you. But I mean, baseball, it's different. Look, you're trying to keep up with the Joneses. So you got to give the fans more access. It's it's super interesting. Yeah. And with the coach, coaches are always milquetoast. I always dream of like a, uh, a college football coach that's killing their opponent like 31 and nothing. They like put the mic in front of him going in the half. I just wish one of them would be like, yeah, they're, they're not a very good football team. They're kind of sorry. We're going to crush them. And say, like, we don't get that ever. Wes Reynolds, everybody. Thank you, Wes. Thank you. Coming back, my NFL draft play that I just made next. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get everything you need to bet on baseball this season with 24 7 streaming, daily best bet emails, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Our all digital MLB guide at VSIN.com is available now, and Adam Burke has futures, team previews, and best bets for all 30 teams, plus Jason Weingarten's MLB futures bets, trends, and more. Sign up today and get full access to VSIN through the NFL draft for only $19 at VSIN.com slash spring. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. A uh, couple questions about tennis. Monte Carlo Open on the clay in Monaco. Man, I would love to be there. You imagine watching those tournaments in that setting. Uh, but the issue is, now that we've gone to Europe now, is that most of these matches take place overnight. So unless I'm betting like the very last matches of the day there it's not going to get on a numbers game because they will have already been played. And just in terms of, you know, for the following overnight, those lines aren't out yet. So it's going to be a little dicey here. We might have tennis bets this week. We might not, depending on if I have plays on the, on the latest ones. I will uh, review, though, again for you, the futures bets that I have out there. Uh, Ega to win the French at plus 450. Got those before Ash Barty's retirement. So those are, are long gone. Uh, do have Ega to win. So now the night that Ash Barty retired, in case you missed the story, uh, just went to look to see if Ega's prices had dropped. They had, but again, I already had the plus 450, so it didn't add to that. But what it did do is make me see some other numbers that were out there. And I grabbed Ega to win Wimbledon at 9-1. to one. Again, she is not the favorite to win on grass. She's never won a grass court tournament. There are a few uh, players who were shorter shots than her, Sabalenka, Osaka, Raducanu, um, but took the 9-1 to one on Iga because that was a great price. And the other one that was big that I saw just by happenstance, again, on the night of Ash Barty's retirement, Carlos Alcaraz to win the French on the men's side. He is not the short shot. That will always be Nadal or Djokovic. Um, but he was 11-1 to 1 at the time. This is before his run in Miami on the hard courts. So grabbed him at 11-1. to 1. Those are the only uh, tennis futures that I have. Baseball futures, I alluded to this earlier. I added on the eve of the baseball season one last one, Byron Buxton to win the American League MVP. 
at 25 to 1. He has hit a couple homers now here in the first few games. Uh, so off to a great start with that one. Wouldn't it be interesting if that was the only one that ended up winning? The very last one I make sort of at the end and all the others end up as losers. But I've showed the list of those uh, MLB futures. I guess we can flash them up on the screen one more time. But made a whole bunch. A lot of these are with uh, Jason. A lot of them are not. But a um, whole bunch of player props. Didn't make any season wins. Didn't do any futures in terms of teams. Just player uh, props, player futures this year in Major League Baseball. Now, as far as the NFL draft, Jeff, have you made any NFL NFL draft bets yet, which are, we're, we're now 17 days away? I have not. Not a one? Not one. Okay. So I said last week, Derek Stingley Jr., I give all credit to Matt Brown on this, Derek Stingley Jr., first cornerback taken plus 280 at William Hill. Sauce Gardner is by far the favorite there at minus 400. And Sauce will tell you he should be the favorite. But plus 280, two, two and a half weeks is still a long time between now and a draft where a whole bunch of mocks can come out. All it really takes is one mock by the right person, right? If Daniel Jeremiah puts out a mock and all of a sudden Stingley is either neck and neck, uh, you know, one pick apart, let's say, with Gardner or actually gets picked before him in a mock, that will flip on its head. So you try to get ahead of that with these NFL draft bets. But I will say this with the quarterbacks now, Jeff. So that's corner. Now we're talking quarterbacks. There are some numbers out there, and I see one in town here that's the over three on quarterbacks at minus 115. Over three quarterbacks, minus 115. I'm betting that over. Because to me, that's a push or nothing. You're looking at me quizzically. What? I'm, I'm just just processing in my brain more than anything. Gil. Oh, okay. But oh. I agree with you that. Push seems like the worst-case scenario there. I think that's a however much you're going to take from me, I will bet on that. Because, as we've said an, infinite, an inordinate amount of times on this show, teams, and somewhat justifiably, right, get quarterback crazy the first round of the NFL draft. And why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? You're nothing in this league without a starting quarterback. So I'm all about that. And I think you will see a minimum of three quarterbacks taken. I wouldn't be surprised if there's four. And dare I say, these teams are going to go nuts and get five. Come on, they won't get five, will they? But we've seen a mock draft now with five in them. But for me, it's either three or four. And I think it's almost an impossibility that only two are going to be taken. So over three, minus 115. Now, there, you can get, there's an over two and a half, I think, out there. I don't know if it still exists. That's like at minus 175. Maybe you prefer that. Maybe that's the way to go, quite frankly. But that, but I am making a quarterback prop bet here after the show, for sure. I'm staring at a mock right now that has three in the top five. <laughs> okay, go which through, I think go, is a little bit nuts. Go through that. Who, whose mock is it? That is from Chad Reuter of uh, of NFL.com. All right, who go through the top five for us? Has Will's, Willis at two? Uh, a trade gets corral at four, and another trade gets picket at five. So we're throwing trades. We're throwing a we're throwing an, trades an, an in there, abundance but, of trades into our. But mocks. regardless, it's two teams that do. It's Seattle moving up. Seattle, we know, has a top ten pick now anyway with that deal with yeah. Denver, and New Orleans moving up, who we know has two first round picks as of right now. So well, let's, let's that just, doesn't really change anything. Let's just review that once more because I don't think enough has been made of this. There are eight teams, a quarter of the league that has two picks in the first round of the NFL draft. That is unprecedented. So any draft talk has to start with that. 
There's only the, the, the record for teams with multiple picks in an NFL draft first round is six. We currently, 17 days away, have eight teams, a quarter of the league with two, which means, by the way, that a quarter of the league has none in the first round. So that's where this starts. So does that mean that we will see an abundance of trades because of that draft capital? Maybe, maybe not. But what what picks did you say on that, in that mock draft? Two, three, and five? Two, four, and five. Two, four, and five. That seems a little nuts to me. Well, what's interesting about that is three is the Houston Texans, and that wasn't one of them. To me, the Houston Texans should be the first team to trade. Yeah, this is, Quanu, uh, is the uh, mock in this one. If you're the Houston Texans and you have every need under the sun, why would you make a pick there? Don't you trade down for, like, as many picks as possible just to bring as many human bodies into camp? Probably, but look at who we're dealing with. Right. You talk about a numbers game. That's a numbers game. Like, Houston needs to just trade that for sure. That, that to me, is the one trade you can predict in a mock draft. Because why? If, if they make a pick, it's already malpractice, to use Lombardi's word. But who are the three again? Willis, Corral, and? Pickett. And Pickett. In that order? That's correct. Hmm. Really? Somebody's going to trade up and draft Matt Corral third? We that nuts? I think, I think Detroit taking Willis at two is insane. I but do that's, that's uh, again, the nature of the NFL draft when teams well, don't have quarterbacks. Right. So it gets back to my bet, which was the point in the first place, which is that's why I'm making the bet. Because teams get nuts. Whether that mock is overly nuts or not is a, is a different story. But I think there's a bet there to be made. And we are starting to see now, again, we thought because the draft was in Las Vegas that we might see more draft props here in town. Uh, Shout out to William Hill for being the first to put them out. We're only seeing a trickle. We're only seeing a trickle so far. But by the end of this, both offshore and in town, uh, you should have a volume of of bets on these things. So that's, that's obviously coming up, too. And again, NBA, let me just review the bets, too, since we'll just make this whole segment about the bets that we have. I am going to bet when I leave here, I'm going to bet the Raptors in the series straight up to beat the Sixers, get the best price possible, probably be like plus 160-ish is sort of the average price you're seeing, but you can get a better price on the Raptors. We're seeing a DraftKings if you're able to go there. Um, if you're in a DraftKings jurisdiction, I think plus 170 is what we're seeing on the Raptors. All about the Raptors. And again, because of the Tybal non-vaccinator, he only got one shot, didn't get the full vaccine trio or even two of them, he stopped after the first. He is ineligible because he's not fully vaccinated to play in Toronto in a potential three games in Toronto, games three, four, and six in that four or five series in the Eastern Conference. So I'm all about the Raptors. All they need to do is take one in Philly, and they are in the driver's seat. So that's a bet at that price for sure. The other one is if we do get the Boston Celtics at anything we, we showed minus 125 we talked about earlier, I'm all about the Celtics against the Nets. I don't think the Nets get out of the first round. I don't think they're good enough to sustain it against a team as deep as the Celtics in a seven-game series. So I would take the Celtics at anything lower than minus 125. That would be another play. I'm staying away from the Warriors. I don't want to lay $2 on the Warriors against the Nuggets. Um, And then with Luka's absence or Luka's injury, we don't know if it's an absence yet, but with Luka's calf strain, staying as far away from that series price as possible. Do you play in any of the play-in games? 7-8 tomorrow night or 9-10 no, on Wednesday? No, I'm going to stay off. I, 
The only thing I would consider is I would consider laying with Brooklyn. That would be the only thing I would consider. Lay the seven and a half. Yeah, but I'm gonna I'm gonna likely stay off. Yeah. That couldn't even the Clippers game? Clippers T Wolves, you don't want any part of that? No. Yeah. A lot of things can happen there, Gil. A lot, a lot of things can happen. What about the question I asked JVT? I said if you give if you gave if you gave the Grizzlies truth serum, who would they rather play? They'd rather see Minnesota. I agree completely. Which he did too, even though he has bets, I believe, on Minnesota. But yes. I don't think you want to play the veteran Clippers at all. Coming back, Paul Spore on Major League Baseball. What to overreact from, what not to overreact from next. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be my That's my, my game. <laughs> Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep.
numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, are you? Well, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that can uh, that you can use rather towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20. That's 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards, sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks. When you wager on the BetMGM app, sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, we get tweets, we get texts. The Bear is live, t- is live texting the show today. Uh, I think this is from a guy who is immersed as immersed in college football as anybody. I think this is a uh, this just drives the point home. He says, he says anybody, he said taking any of those quarterbacks in the top five is insane. Any one of these quarterbacks in the top five is insane. Fireable offense. And yet, from a betting perspective, that's why I give me over three on the quarterbacks. Because these teams, and again, I'll say it again, somewhat justifiably, right? Go quarterback crazy. Sure, I can see Malik Willis if I squint my eyes enough and and imagine hard enough in my uniform. I can make him into a great player because I'm just that good as a quarterback whisper. Yeah, no. Some of these guys, it can't happen. Top five? Playoffs? Top five? Paul Sporer, ladies and gentlemen, talk some baseball with us. How you doing, Paulie? I'm well, Gil. How are you? I'm doing very well. Paul Spore, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, who uh, is at Fangraphs, host of the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, and of course, at twitch.tv slash Spore. How do you like the new uh, version of MLB The Show? Oh, it's been great. We've been having a blast with it. Uh, out of the Park Baseball is coming out soon as well. That's another game that I like to play. So it's all baseball all the time, and I, I truly couldn't be more excited because we got the real baseball going. We got virtual baseball. Mm-hmm. It's all happening. Are you a baseball card collector? I don't think you and I have ever gone down this rabbit hole. Not to like, I I have a good handful, but not to the degree. I mean, you can see some actually right there um, that I have randomly Mm -hmm. that we did not set this up. No, we didn't. Uh, But no, honestly, like I I like to get involved in in card breaks. Are you familiar with what those are? Yes. Yeah, so I I have some friends that do that, so I get involved with that from time to time. But I'm not an avid collector. Um, I don't quite have the uh, the, the financial uh, bandwidth for that. Okay, fair enough. All right, so we've we've seen one weekend plus four days, I guess mm-hmm. four days of baseball. And you know what they say: you're not supposed to overreact. I am here to overreact, Paul. I want something from those four days, right? That I can latch on to where I'm like, okay, I get it. I shouldn't overreact to that. I shouldn't overreact to that. But this thing over here, huh? Maybe it's not an overreaction. Maybe it's actually a correct reaction to, like, it can be just something as, oh, yeah, the Orioles are going to really suck, right? Like, just something as simple as that. Maybe the Pirates, who actually did win a game. Maybe they're just that bad. Um, Is there something about a player, about a decision you saw with closers? Is there something, though, that you think is a thing that we should keep an eye on at least? I mean... 
The starting pitching usage, of course, uh, at the outset here is definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, we've been seeing guys obviously tamped down because the spring was shortened. I uh, don't know how long that's going to last, but I could see it lasting a good bit, even beyond this, uh, the first couple weeks here, because that's just the way teams are now. They're not, they're not asking guys to go six, seven, eight these days, four, five is fine. And you mentioned the closers. I've been talking about this. I mean, we, this has been in the fantasy community now for a while about how teams are smart at deploying the fact that, you know, they just put out the best reliever at the best time, mm-hmm. regardless of whether or not it's a save opportunity. I love that as a baseball fan and somebody who appreciates maximizing your bullpen. I hate it as a fantasy player because (laughs) it is impossible, but it is rampant at this point. There are so few go-to guys that teams press the button and that's their ninth inning guy. It makes those guys super valuable in fantasy and then a complete mad scramble for the other like 23 teams. There's only like six, seven, eight teams that even have a go-to button guy. Uh, So it's made it a lot more difficult there. And we've seen it even in the first weekend where certain guys are like, Hey, coming in in the eighth, because that's the hottest moment. Again, I get it. My brain gets it, but my, my heart, my fantasy mind is like, stop doing that. It's driving me nuts. I could imagine. I could imagine from fantasy perspective, that would be the worst thing ever, but we are evolving, right? Like, so Mm -hmm. the days of Buck Showalter making us wait for Zach Britton in a wild card game to get out there and waiting, and waiting, and waiting, and waiting. Those days are over, right? Like, I mean, most managers are, are, are starting to get that. Um, okay, there was only one sweep, right, of all. Mm-hmm. So let's latch on to this for a second. It was the Rays beating the Orioles in three games. Let's let's try to latch on to that. Because before the season, there was a, a time or two where I did say, okay, we're all looking at the shiny object, the Blue Jays. And by the way, that Blue Jays offense, my goodness, my goodness. That we were, I need a roll. We were here Friday night. Was it Friday? Was the, was the uh, Rangers? I think it was Friday. The Rangers-Rays uh, game. And it was 7 to nothing Rangers. And Corey Seager was yes. doing his thing. And I was like, yes, I'm a genius, Corey Seager. Um, and then if you had a five-inning bet on the Rangers, you still didn't win. Like, it's just incredible how good the Blue Jays' offense is. But I was getting to the point, it was the Rays. As great mm-hmm. as the Yankees and Red Sox traditionally are. Um, by the way, the Yankees just could not get that fourth run over last night. Do we do we sleep on a team like the Rays every year, like every single year? And I get it, it's only three games, but it just seems like they're always going to be there, and they're as viable as any team in that division. I think, it's, I think it always goes back to a lack of superstar uh, power around that team, not power in terms of home runs. I mean, like superstar cachet. Uh, they're obviously b- building some, you know, Wanda Franco is probably going to be a superstar, uh, household name by, by May. Let's be honest. Like he's off to a good start. He was brilliant last year. He's certainly getting there, but you know, otherwise who do they really have that, that, like everyone knows not that many guys, you know, some people know Corey Kluber's there, but he's 36. He's not even Pete Corey Kluber. Brandon Lau probably should have more cachet. He's awesome, but he doesn't Randy Arozarena. Um, And then the thing of it is, it's like, those are the only three guys that are going to play every single day. Everybody else is open to a platoon because of the way they maximize their roster. I talked about it earlier with the save situation. Tampa Bay is, is notorious for that. They, they have guys uh, the last three years, they've led the league in guys to get at least one save. So they don't, they don't have a certain guy that they go to. They have a guy that like is kind of the favorable guy, Diego Castillo last year before he was traded. I think Andrew Kittredge will be that guy this year, but 
If Kittredge just pitched the night before, it could be anybody else. If they need a lefty, watch out. Brooks Raley could get some saves. Uh, they're always churning bullpen guys and even starters, really. But uh, that's the thing is I think they don't have the superstar power that people can latch on to and really feel comfortable about projecting them to be an elite team. And yet every year they, they I mean, not every single year they're an elite team, but they are consistently doing well and overachieving expectations. I think this year will be no different. Uh, it's, a, it's a hard race there in the East, but the Rays are absolutely going to be a part of it. Everyone picking the Jays, Yankees, Red Sox, Rays are going to be right there. I think they're be- I think they're the best team in that division uh, with the Jays probably second. What do you like uh, today on the slate? Because we have a bunch of day games, or what do you like DFS wise today? I haven't really looked at the DFS situation yet. As far as the the early games go, there. By the way, I'm, that's one of my favorite parts about the early season is the uh, is the day games. We should have day games all every the time, day. Obviously, every day we I should mean, have them. Yes. Why? Why wouldn't we? Uh, I feel like the Brewers. Obviously, they had a brutal weekend. All three aces got smoked. I feel like 160 against the O's is a, is a kind of a low number, to be honest. I know that they're a big favorite, but I do not believe that the Orioles get their first win today. I think that the Brewers will get their second. Uh, but looking around, I don't see a ton that really jumps out. I'd love to try to take a big dog like the A's, but we just talked about how good the Rays are. I can't do it. Um, I wish there was a bigger number for my boy Matt Manning. I see minus 120 for the Red Sox. I can't, I can't, I can't trust him on that. So uh, I, I haven't seen a ton yet that really jumps out to me as far as uh, maybe I go with him, Alec Manoa uh, as a dog in New York. I know that's, that's where his first start was. I trust Manoa. Uh, I, that Yankees team, you talked about how they had so much trouble yesterday pushing across that fourth run. They're no right club, uh, but I think that, I think that Jays team gets a win. So that, that, that'll be my go-to there is to take the Jays on, as a road dog. Uh, again, not trying to overreact here, but you did have the Reds in a cup in a game or two this weekend. Do you think they're do you think they're better than our knee-jerk reaction to them as as a team that has punted on the season? Do you think that lineup is actually pretty credible? Yes, I, I do. And I think that that's the thing is like they haven't really punted. They kind of like started to maybe tear some things down, but then when you really look at it, did they really? They traded Winger uh, and they included Suarez there. So that was a money dump. And then they traded Sonny Gray, uh, but they still have Tyler Molly and Luis Castillo. I know Luis Castillo's on the shelf. They called up their two best prospects in Lodolo and Hunter Green, who was amazing yesterday. And that lineup is capable top to bottom. Like, uh, I think Kyle Farmer should be replaced by Jose Barrero when he comes back, but that's a health piece. Cincinnati might be kind of decent. Might be kind of decent. I think that's a good way to end it there. Paul, thank you. I appreciate it, man. We'll talk again soon. Sounds great, Gil. Take care. You too. By the way, Tyler Molly he brings up. That was the thing. Joey Votto was at first base. You see that? And he's like, yeah, his, his pickoff move's not very good. So I got to, like, really keep the runner on. <laughs> it's just in real time. Throwing his pitcher uh, under the bus. That was awesome. Lombardi line next. Enjoy from VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years. Have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break 
and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 